looking at me with your big eyes. Oh, believe me, that's not. But the worst thing is, if you so much as set foot in the bog of stench, you'll smell bad for the rest of your life. You'll never wash off. <laughs> so, it's so like goofy. <laughs> sustain that for a whole quote (laughs) (laughs) it'll never wash up do you take this woman to watch movies and do you take this man to talk about them i now pronounce you a podcast welcome everyone to another episode of wife watches I'm your host, Jason, and joining me as always, it's my wife, Courtney. Hello, Jason. I'm I, happy to be here. That's, that's good. <laughs> I've stopped doing like the, the joke setups for asking. If, well, do you think people miss them? I don't think so. Okay. It was struggling. I was struggling to come up with you them. Were get, you would like get kind of anxious about it. Yeah. Um, apologies up top. If you can hear things in the background, we're getting, we're getting landscaping. Yep. We're getting trees and stuff. I don't think you can hear it very well, but yeah, hopefully it's not too bad. I also worry that this room is echoey. Probably is. Uh, you know what? It'll help that when we put stuff in it. That's true. We're when just we get kind of in an empty walls. room. Yeah, that's true. We're all on a journey together. Courtney, what have you been up to? Well, I just went and got my nails done. Mm. Um, so that's what I've been up to today after work. Um, been working, been cleaning our house. Give me three interesting things you've been up to. Um, that's basically the only interesting thing I've been up to. Shit. Just working and stuff. What about you? No, I got, I got nothing. I've been watching so okay. many movies. You have. You started horror season a little bit early. I did a little bit early. Um, yeah, I guess I should also say, uh, we're dropping this right now because it's the end of September and this is like a fall movie. This is like fall. It's our intro to fall, I would say. Yeah. And I would classify fall movies as like really getting into like 80s nostalgia, whether that's directly 80s or like evoking 80s coming of age stuff. I have watched so many movies in the past month. Well, tell me about them. There's not enough time. Okay. Like, like, should I even tell you how many I've watched? I've consumed. Yeah. I know you you have a number. Do you want to guess? 60. That's exactly right. <gasps> oh, I'm speechless. I'm I'm like less speechless at like how many it is and more month. speechless at how I guess that. 60 in a month. That's two a day. I have constantly movies on at work. I always play old movies because they're slower in pace. They're more upfront with details. There's not a lot of nuance in the performance because they really just spoon feed what emotion they want the audience to feel. So it's very easy to have it on and still work and not give a hundred percent of my attention. Yeah, that so, makes sense. So to that's me. what I do. Yeah. yeah. So I've been especially older horror films, mystery films that I wouldn't really want to give my time yeah. in the evening, like when it's like my full attention. It's they're perfect. Anyway, I've burned through sixty movies from my list. Yeah. Anyway. That's that's great. You had a very successful September. It was a good September. <laughs> but I also mentioned that because we definitely have watched and recorded podcasts for each of the Nolan Batman movies. And I'm just lazy and I didn't get around to editing them. And I was going to like drop them. We recorded them in July and August. Yeah. Wow. 
We did. We I watched know. those over the summer. Ryan Chalet watched and recorded each one with us. Anyway, I didn't want to drop them. I'm sure no one really cares about our schedule necessarily, except <laughs> for like the five people who are very actively Thank uh, you, by the way. <laughs> listen to our podcast and tell us the nice things. I'm going to drop those in November if you've been just aching, like wondering where they are. Well, and if you really have a problem, please reach out. Yeah. Subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah. If we get 5,000 subscribers, (laughs) we can quit our jobs. Deal. So that's our goal. We also were maybe going to do a double feature tonight, but you know, we're not young anymore. And both of these movies that that we had planned were like two hours. So, you know. But you know what? We're going to really put everything into this one. Yeah, I'm, oh yeah, I think we're still. I think it still is a good double feature. Do yeah. I, should I? Should we tell them what what it is? Yeah. We're watching Labyrinth. We were going to also watch the Never Ending Story, which I have never seen completely. It's fine. I I would say of oh, I the two, you really liked it. I would say of the two, Labyrinth is better. Oh, okay. I like Never Ending Story, but Labyrinth is like more. You've seen Labyrinth. I have, but it's yeah. been so long. I like oh, what's so long. Oh my gosh, 20 years. Oh, I vaguely okay. remember key things. I couldn't tell you how it ends. I mean, I can. I know that it ends with her getting her the baby back. And then obviously, like, I remembered some things just looking up details uh-huh. for, for, like, behind the scenes stuff. I was like, oh yeah, that stuff. But this, it'll be, this is very vague to me. Anyway. Okay. We are really trying to evoke where kids get in the 80s today. Yeah. So we're getting pizza. We're oh, gonna yeah. we're gonna light some fall fall scented candles. Yeah, we have tons of them. Yeah, it's like we're really just gonna lean into this. And you know what? I suggest everyone at home. It's maybe too late to do this because, but it's October. But you should watch some of these '80s era supposedly kid friendly movies. Yeah, Dark Crystal is another one. Yeah, I actually made a list. Well, by all means, because there was this trend in the '80s of having these terrifying and traumatizing <laughs> kids movies yeah. aimed at kids. And you know what? It was a time when they really, like, the MPAA ratings were kind of confusing. They developed a PG-13 rating because of one of the movies on my list. Oh. It's not a long list, but I had a couple. And if you had any off off the dome, you could throw them on. But here's what I got. Okay. I got Labyrinth, what we're watching tonight. Neverending Story. Return to Oz. Oh, shit, that one. The Dark Crystal. Uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes. That was on a list I found. Poltergeist. Oh, see, I've never seen Poltergeist either. I always thought Poltergeist was a horror movie. Um, it is, but it's it was aimed kind of at younger kids. Well, that's creepy. Poltergeist and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, both 1984, are directly responsible for making the PG-13 rating because it was so confusing, like, what who this was aimed at. At the time, there's only G, PG, and R. Uh-huh. So kids would go. You could just go to see this. There wasn't, like, one in the middle... To really define like teenagers versus kids. And so, so many kids saw this stuff. Interesting. I've I've told you this before, but I had a friend who couldn't watch PG-13 movies until we were 13. And so he could watch the first two Indiana Jones movies, but not the third one. Because the third one came out after they introduced the PG-13 rating. Even though in the second one, a guy gets its heart ripped out. We could watch (laughs) that one because it was fine because it was PG. Because it was PG. And I guess his his parents obviously didn't understand the nuances of one that (laughs) was introduced. Yeah. But I remember being so confused as a kid thinking like, how is this one fine? Well, I like to kind of like, I don't know how much we've talked about this on here, but it's kind of that same thing that you and I have such a problem with is like, PG-13 movies versus rated R movies and like the rating oh, yeah. system is just so arbitrary. Inconsistent. And, yeah. Different every decade. 
Yeah. But people really like to dig their heels and like make blanket statements about ratings for all of time. Yeah. That's a very interesting thing to talk about with different groups of people, I think. It's how I ended up when I was a kid watching a 1970s Hitchcock movie rated PG that definitely had some boobs in it. <laughs> and my parents hurriedly turned off the movie. It was our movie night, family movie what night. What movie is? It's is called that? Frenzy. Oh, okay. And a girl gets attacked and he rips open her blouse. You know, my mom was angry that I saw Titanic at a young age, but those might have been the first boobs, <laughs> actually. <laughs> and just because, well, it was PG though. So like, why, sure, would, yeah. why would you think that? Yeah. But Psycho was rated R in 1960. Yeah, that's weird. And only wait, wait, so there was an R rating. There was. There just wasn't an intermediate. Got it. Yeah. And Spielberg produced Poltergeist, directed Temple of Doom. Spielberg is the reason we have PG-13. Okay. I'll even tell you this. The Matrix came out in 1999. I caught like 30 minutes of it. I'll probably tell this story again whenever we watch The Matrix. (laughs) I caught the first 30 minutes of it at a friend's house and fell asleep. I'm not sure why. And I was so mad because I wanted to see the rest of it. I was just obsessed with it. I remember like talking to kids at school, this one kid at school named Mike who'd seen it and him telling me like how it ended. And I just was trying to wrap my head around like, because you know, when you're like 11, you're not really explaining things very well. And I was like, how does that even visually make sense? And I was just trying to get my mom to watch, let me watch it because it's rated R. I had heard and definitely didn't believe so I wouldn't say I outright lied to my mom, but like, I was pretty sure this wasn't true, but I had heard, I was like, mom, I think they re-rated it to PG-13, which I don't actually think is a thing that happens. But I was like, I think they re-rated it because she was going to buy it and she saw that it was rated R on the case. And I was like, you know, they re-rated it to PG-13 in the last year that it's come out. Anyway, I'm really sorry, mom. So we bought it and I watched it and I, lo- I love that movie. Yeah, you do love it. It's... It is the, one of the most influential movies of the 1990s. I would say next to Jurassic Park. That's interesting. I've never seen it. But I mean, I know it's like, I know what it's about. I know. It kind created of- a wave of bad ripoffs, which is almost like, it's almost a compliment of like, you can tell how well something's done by how bad and like frequent the immediate ripoffs are following it. Yeah. So much leather in the early 2000s. Does the soundtrack kind of like go do 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 do? You know what I'm saying? Like that, like late '90s, early 2000s music. Like no, it's it's even worse. It's like like hard metal rock. <laughs> Although there was one song in it that's played during a sequence. It's kind of like it, if you when you watch it, you feel like you're in a um, a club in Germany in 1997. <laughs> okay, but there's a song. Someone that we know mutually. I'll tell you off air did some modeling when they were in college and that was the song they picked (laughs) they they told me this are they gonna listen to this podcast (laughs) there's no way we know mutually yeah wow okay (laughs) you should keep that in and just like bleep it out i will (laughs) um i don't know where i was going with that anyway that's the list of like 80s scary movies so if you're looking for something that's not necessarily like a Halloween movie, but you really want to feel like fall, I'd recommend one of those. Yeah. A lot of people also don't like scary movies. They don't like horror movies. Right. Yeah. So this is kind of a nice like Halloween. It's a bit of a thrill, some of these. You can I've, kind of... I've always wanted to be Jareth the Goblin King for Halloween. Huh. So maybe this will be the year. Yes, maybe this will do it. I also wanted, I've shown you these already, but it's been a little bit. I wanted to get some instant reactions from you and show you some trailers. Oh. 
Uh-huh. Okay. In a segment we call Courtney watches some trailers and reacts in real time. Do 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 you know the music I'm talking about though? I don't actually. I have no okay. idea. What is it? It's like spy kind of music. Mm, it's not. But like the kind it's just because I'm not singing it right. Like if I was singing it right, you would understand. Oh, okay. But it's definitely not the Matrix. It was yeah, like okay. spy stuff. That's fine. It was like that's fine. There's one really famous one that's like by, but the bands would have names like Death Fury, Poison Bitch, Death Band. It's like stuff like stuff like that. Poison Bitch, Death Band. Poison Bitch. Okay, here's the first trailer. Okay. All right, we just watched the trailer for the Batman. You've seen it before. Yeah, I've seen I've seen that trailer before. Something I didn't notice. Yeah, you were you were a little I didn't giggly notice, over there. I didn't notice the Batman's handwriting is like. <laughs> Well, it's not Batman's handwriting. Oh, I thought he was signing his name. No, those were letters saying to the Batman. Got it, got it, got it. From a murderer. Got it, got it. That makes things a little bit less (laughs) crazy. Oh my gosh. I was imagining Batman just B, A. (laughs) Like holding it like a fork? Yeah, but it makes a little bit more sense if it's trying to be like a creepy murderer. But I just was thinking like, what weird handwriting. Otherwise, it looks great. It's very gritty. Catwoman's outfit, we love. Zoe Kravitz. I love her. I also wouldn't have known, like, every time I watch that trailer, I forget that Colin Farrell mm. is the peng- penguin. Yeah. Just, well, he's got so much prosthetics It on looks him. nothing like him. I forgot that you know quite a bit about this yeah. already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. So I, I re-remember that every time. Do you remember who's directing it? It's okay if you don't, I'll just tell you. Okay. Matt Reeves. Oh, yeah, I never would have gotten that. Who directed Dawn and War for the Planet of the Apes. Oh, right. Okay. This looks pretty good. It looks great. I'm excited to see it next October. Yeah. Okay. Currently. Yeah, we'll see, I guess. Yeah, another detail I like is uh, when he takes off his mask and he has like the mascara, basically all they call the black, mm-hmm. still on. Because that's always a thing that they always, they never address that, that each iteration of live action Batman definitely puts on black makeup around mm-hmm. his eyes and would look like a raccoon. <laughs> There's even a part in Batman Returns, the second Burton uh, Keaton Batman, where he rips off the mask toward the end of the film. And the shot right before he does, he's clearly had it removed. And all of a sudden, it's just like his normal skin and then rips it off. <laughs> As if we wouldn't notice. <laughs> Anyway, that's pretty good. That's one we should actually watch sometime too. That's like a Batman Forever, Batman Returns, Batman Returns. It's like Tim Burton weird Halloween ish, okay. but also Christmas. It's like set during Christmas. Oh, it's my weakness. It's weird. I think you'd like it okay. in the same way that you, you probably did. You like the Tim Burton aspects of Batman eighty nine? Yes. Oh man, he it was the, one of the biggest hits of all time. Who's so, in Batman Returns besides Michael Keaton? Danny. Danny DeVito is Penguin. Oh, sure. And Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer's Catwoman. Got it. And they just are basically like, Tim Burton, you clearly have this figured out. Let's You just run with it. And then, and then that one didn't perform very no, well. No, it's so weird and kind of gross. Like, okay. it's so, it's very Tim Burton. Okay. And they like pulled the McDonald's toy line. Or like, there was, weird. something had, had to do where they were like, I'm sorry, you're, you can't come back for a third movie because we're losing merchandise money from this. <laughs> because of how unsettling your movie is. <laughs> That's yeah, weird. Okay. Anyway, another trailer. Okay. That's a great trailer. 
Yeah, uh, what do you think? It's so good. The opening shot. I'm not even, I haven't even seen the first season of Mandalorian. You haven't. I don't know if I'll even get there, but <laughs> anything's possible. That is a great trailer, though. It opens up, that shot is so good, where it's like over the... It's like going past it's one planet, planet to another. Yeah. Yeah. And there's and then there's like that bellowy, like dark, Ball, scary like voice. Yeah. Do they call Baby Yoda the child the whole time? Or do they say Baby Yoda? No, they call they've called it the child so far. I think they're going to name it something else. But no, they don't call it Baby Yoda. Because Yoda is just the name of that character, yeah. not, not a species. Yeah. I work with a company who's done some like Baby Yoda merch. But they'll like reach, like send me an email, like updating me about some like stuff, and they'll always be like, "This is da 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 the Mandalorian child." The ch-, like they'll refer to it just like the child, which okay, yeah. <laughs> which is so funny to me because I haven't seen it, so it's just like very like formal. <laughs> it's like every time I get an email, it's like that. It's like oh, the child, the merch. child. <laughs> it's just like a lot of concentrated Star Wars, like nine hours. No. There's eight episodes and they're like 30 minutes. But I, that's and still a lot of concentrated Star Wars. They're week to week. <sighs> I'm just shooting down each and every one of your excuses. Yeah. So what you're saying is I would have a lot of concentrated Star Wars for like five hours. And then I could watch week to week with you. Unless you even started and just like watched one a week. Starting now. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Well, maybe they're not quite a half hour. Oh, they yeah. That was like when we were watching Star Wars. Yeah. They okay. kind of vary, honestly, in length a little bit. Okay. So maybe they are closer to an hour. Um, I can't really remember. I remember thinking that it's a pretty lightweight series. Like, it's kind of... Anyway, I, like, I'm like. i excited for this season. I feel like they're yeah. really like starting to lean into like a serialized story. Yeah. And I don't know if you caught this, but like the sorcerers they're talking about are the Jedi. But I think that's fun that like, because this happened, yeah. this is like a couple years after the Empire has fallen. So the, people don't really know who Jedi are. And I like the idea that like to someone like not involved in the main storyline would be like, those people are like, well, I don't know what their deal is. Yeah. It's freaky because they can like move stuff. Yeah. And so like, anyway. Uh, yeah. Also, it looks incredible. Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask you too. There's like a big animal. That looks like a puppet. Oh, yeah. The dewback. Is that a puppet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That looked great. That is one of the, like, initial monsters they had in the very first Star Wars on Tatooine. Oh, okay. Like, I can't believe how great that looks for TV. I guess, like, as we get further and further, the we're blurring the lines between what TV and movies are. Yeah. But it looks... Because like, these Disney Plus shows, they've been wanting to give the, the budget of a movie to an entire season. So even for that alone, it might be interesting to watch and like, and yeah. you know, Pedro Pascal's cool. I love Pedro Pascal. It really, I think it, it very like smartly captures the very like grungy sort of Western lawlessness that like the early Star Wars movies had where it just like is a mixture of like, it's a futuristic Western. Do you know that Pedro Pascal reminds me of, he is the celebrity uh, doppelganger of our friend, Matt Rattel. Oh, He's always reminded me Matt of Matt would probably think that was such a, any, a compliment of the highest. Any, I should tell him that. I think yeah. anyone would. He does, though, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. He's a little too tall, Matt yeah. is, but he does look like him. What What is your What is your anticipation level out of that? Out of, like, I don't know, four I don't know. Uh, I'm anticipation maybe like, bulbs? 
uh, maybe like a two. Okay. All right, last trailer I was going to show you. Is it what I think it is? No, I don't know. Oh my gosh, I love this stupid I don't know. trailer. Shut up. You don't know. Oh, it's so great. I just, it, honestly, I get the chills like three different times. It's so stupid. It looks amazing. It looks so good. Like part of that for me is like all of the different costumes everyone has. Yeah. It's like so exciting. And like, and it's also the characters that we love. Those are my favorite characters from the Marvel, from the Avengers movies. I think it's probably going to draw some inspiration from some of the storylines in the comics where Wanda has a mental break. Yeah. And like creates this reality, it would seem, with Vision. Because mm -hmm. he is dead. Yeah. That part is very, like, is that a chill moment for you? Yes. When she's like, Am I dead? No. Why would you think that? Because you are. Yeah. I also forgot to say, I love her. Oh, yeah. Catherine uh, Hahn. Catherine Hahn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're a fan. I love Catherine Hahn. Did you also notice, too, when, like, they're in their little, like, I love Lucy, Dick Van Dyke world. And as you can tell, like, something's wrong. Yeah. And the aspect ratio expands out to normal instead of, like, the more square aspect ratio. No, the, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Like, I just feel like this is going to be... I don't want to get too excited because... Every time I think something's going to be very weird in the Marvel Universe, they usually stick to like a pretty safe formula. So I don't want to think like, oh, this is going to break the mold, basically. But I think this will be as weird as it gets. That's something I loved about Endgame, honestly, was that it completely smashed like what the safe route I thought it was going to go. And another reason I feel like kind of optimistic about that is because it's safer for them to do to really try and experiment with, with a property that's not like a tentpole movie. Yeah. Like this is just on... Disney Plus. If it so fails, it's kind of okay. Yeah, they can be very weird with it. Yeah. And because they have, like, what, eight other shows, like, in the docket, um, they basically bumped everything back one more time, like, all the release dates for all the shows and movies. But this is debuting in December. This was supposed to come out after... The Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to have been out in, in August. Yeah. But they had to pause filming because they're actually filming on location internationally. So that's, that's moved. But this looks like... They've been able to on like closed locations, so they are able to kind of continue production. And now, this will be the first Marvel property project that we've seen in over a year. And there won't be any Marvel films released in theaters this year. Which what is what happened to Black, Black Widow, Widow got pushed to next May. Oh my gosh! Did you know this? No. Oh, breaking news! Wife <laughs> <laughs> watch is exclusive. I thought we were gonna see it at Thanksgiving. They shifted them all back, so now okay. one more one. So like now. Black Widow is in May, Shang-Chi is in Ju like July, Eternals is in November. Bump the whole slate back. This is the first year without a Marvel movie since 2009. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, so out of four light bulbs of four. anticipation. Four. Okay, four. Maybe and a half. I, I didn't have anything really say before the movie necessarily, but I did kind of want to know, like, what is your relationship with okay. Labyrinth? Okay. I love Labyrinth. Wow. I always have. I think maybe this is where my fascination with horror kind of started. Okay. Because I watched it when I was really little. Probably because all my siblings watched it and it was just... 
I mean, I have memories of it from like the age of like five, but it was also just like so much fun. And like the music is really fun. And I would always pretend to be Sarah. Jennifer Connelly is one of those actresses that I'm like, do I like her? Or do I not like her? You have a, you have like a bone to pick with her whenever you bring her why. up. I don't know why. I don't know why either. I like her in Labyrinth. So she was 14 when she filmed this? Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> now that is nuts. <laughs> Where do they come up with this stuff? <laughs> yeah, but I, I love this movie. I okay. always have. I think I always will. That's funny that it had that impact on you because I, this is definitely, along with a series of things, contributed to my like anxiety of, like I chaotic. said, chaotic. Chaotic world. world. And nothing is more, it's just so, I remember being so stressed out watching this like unforgiving world. It was like yeah. no matter what she was doing, it was like, like the more it was like the more effort she put in, the more it punished her, <laughs> yeah. and it really like contributed to this thing of like I would just stop, I would just give up, I guess, because like Cause it was very it's stressful. So hard. She's in a labyrinth, like against an enemy that is aware of how much she is trying and gleefully. Every I, every odd very, is against Sarah, sweet Sarah. But not but not even like oh, it's she's climbing a mountain and the elements are out to get her. It's like someone knowingly is putting her through this yeah. for entertainment. To like kill or eat her brother. It was like all these disturbing things really like shook me. Because I also have memories of this at a very young age. Not, no, I, no one in my family was really into this movie. I just would catch okay. it on every now and then, right? I remember when I was like a teenager starting to drive. One of my brothers got me into like ironically liking 80s music. Can't be 80s music, right? That I think I now just probably like genu- like genuinely I enjoy. Sure, yeah. But I he I remember he made he made me a couple mixes. This is like in the days of like LimeWire, and you could finally like the 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 library of all the music in the world was at your fingertips. Illegal Spotify. We had like even like a off brand of LimeWire. It was like even worse than Napster. Rhapsody. Oh, I feel like it was even Rhapsody was later. It was even janky. I feel like it like broke our computer. <laughs> But he made me a bunch of CDs of like really fun. And I remember a couple of them had like the babe, right? You remind me of the babe. And I, I remember listening to it with him and thinking like, it was when I was just for being first introduced to the, the randomness and weirdness of it was the comedy and appreciating that for that, like what that was. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't think I've seen this in its entirety since I probably couldn't have been older than 10. Oh, this is going to be fun. I've seen it several times. I have... own it. I I have a DVD of it. Well, we won't be watching that. No, you don't like my DVDs. No. My DVD collection. It's a dead technology, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> um, you don't have to answer this for yourself. Okay. How much how how many people let me let me think of how to ask this. How many people in the world would you say would ascribe their sexual awakening to this movie? <laughs> well, it wasn't mine. Okay. <laughs> Probably a lot because Jareth the Goblin King is endowed. Yeah. I don't mean to be crass, <laughs> but he's, it's. Well endowed. His junk is just It's everywhere. It's, it's so like comically pronounced. Yeah. That. He, well, he, and he's wearing like light colored pants, which only adds to. Exactly. Yeah. Like, even in my young age, I was aware of, like, what the hell? I yeah. wonder how much this contributed to so many people I having don't... weird sexual dreams about the Goblin King. <laughs> I don't remember ever noticing it when I was little. Oh, I did. I... I probably did, but I don't remember it. I was too, like, freaked out by all the rest of the stuff going on. Uh-huh. The year is 1986. Oh, yes. Ronald Reagan is the president. 
top song of the year? Uh, let me guess. The weekend, I should say. I've never heard of it. I had oh. never heard of it. Have you heard of the artist? No. Seriously. Two, I was going to guess Michael Jackson no. or... Two individuals together. I don't know if they're part of a band normally or if they're like collaborating. 1987? Six. 1986. June. Summer. Nah. I don't know. On My Own by Patti LaBelle and Michael McDonald. <laughs> We're probably just too young. You well, you weren't born. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like we're probably just too young now to even. All right, I got some other just quick, just quick fire nineteen eighty six things for you. Okay. Average cost of a new home. Oh, this is always depressing. Eighty nine thousand dollars. Oh my gosh. Gallon of gas was eighty nine cents. A this is kind of interesting. A color TV was two hundred and fifty dollars. Wow. And uh, the the Tandy six hundred like a. Desktop computer, $1,600. Oh, man. <laughs> we talked to my parents the other day about the first VHS they bought, and it was The Sound of Music, two tape. Yeah, and it was like they... hundreds of dollars or oh, close to 100 or something. I think they paid 65 No, they were yeah, talking about yeah, yeah, how yeah. VCRs were hundreds oh, of dollars. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. And now if you trip over one on the street, you're like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> All right, 1986, more stuff. Oprah debuted in September this year. You get a car and you get a car. Tom Cruise jumping up on her couch. Yeah. yeah. But that's more Tom Cruise. That's not as much Oprah. That's true. That's like his own thing. Yeah. If we ever watch the Mission Impossibles for this, we'll talk about that. Can't wait. And his weird stardom journey. I'm interested in it. Are you? Yeah. In that or those I films? bet I could find some very interesting celebrity theories about Tom Cruise. Oh my gosh. I think we just came up with an episode. <laughs> like I could deep dive on Tom Cruise for a while. Here's a question. How how many of those movies would you want to watch? Oh, not very many of them. Like, what is that? I don't know. Three. Okay. Maybe, though, would it be fun to kind of do, like, Tom Cruise in general? Or would it be fun? No, I want to watch those. All of them? I mean, the three. Like, if Here's we made thing. all three of them Here's the thing. Tom there's, Cruise. There's six of them. Okay. The second one is actually bad. I've seen some of them. Um, if you were more, you are not into watching ironically bad movies. No. If you were, I would definitely watch the second one because it is actually like confoundingly bad. Okay. Um, we wouldn't watch that. I'm not a fan of the sixth one, which is, uh, I guess an unpopular take, honestly, because most people love that one. Maybe the most. I just did, didn't click with me. Okay. That's the one that we saw together. Yeah. In theaters. Jeremy Renner. No, no, Jeremy Renner's Ghost Protocol. Yeah. I saw that IMAX and I wanted to die. What? Yeah. I couldn't. I don't like it. Get the hell out of here. That's one we would rewatch. <laughs> so if we watched three. You're like mad. That mo- I love that movie. <laughs> it is It is like what I would describe as just fun entertainment. What year did it come out? 2011. Here's the thing also with me. I didn't used to be the way that I am now. He's raising his eyebrows. Um, And I've just learned a lot since then. 2000 what? 11. 11. Yeah, that makes sense. Part of it was probably the IMAX because I got a little motion sick. Yeah, I just saw it in a regular theater. So in I don't... In Brigham City, Utah. I don't know. I it don't is, know. Maybe I'd like it now. There's a sequence that involves... Maybe I spoke too soon. I think... I don't... I feel like you'd reassess it and enjoy it. There's a sequence where he climbs the tallest building in the world. Okay. So scary to me and thrilling. Anyway. Yeah, this guy doesn't like heights. Oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, we'd watch that one. Oh, that's a different one. That's a, yeah, that's the they third They literally all run together in my mind. It's, that's funny you say that because they actually, except for the last two, have different directors. 
and have actually very different vibes <laughs> and feel to them. Okay. But like, I, I get how you wouldn't maybe know that if you just saw a couple like passively. I, yeah. Because exactly. they also, isn't it crazy? The first one came out in 1996. Yeah. 25 yeah. years ago. And so, like, anyway. Well, and isn't it crazy that that's, like, similar to, like, 007? I mean, 007 is way older. But, like, that's now a franchise that I wonder if they're just going to keep on making, well, sort of. That's that's kind of what... So, like, I've been listening to some podcasts going through them as a series. And, like, even when I remember re-watching them before we saw Fallout, mm -hmm. it is a weird franchise. As far as, like, if there were ever rules to how a franchise is supposed to operate it breaks a lot of rules and makes no sense. Okay. Like I remember seeing Ghost Protocol, the fourth one, seeing trailers for it thinking like, they're doing more of these? Like these don't really stick. And they come out like every like four to six years, which is not enough to like stay in the public consciousness. Why are they making another one? And maybe that's why I actually really liked Ghost Protocol. Because when I saw it in theaters, I was like, holy shit, this is a blast. And I had the lowest of expectations. Okay. Because I was like, Tom Cruise is weird. What is this? What? How could this possibly be good? Why are they like continuing with this? Anyway, we'd watch one, three, and four. Okay. And if you like genuinely liked them, we'd throw in five. Which I... Which I, is Philip Seymour Hoffman. No, that's three. One, three, and five. Got one, it. One, three, and four. One, three, and four. If you liked them, <laughs> we, we could, we could also watch five, which I, I think is a real and you and I a saw, blast. It's you, really fun. You and I saw six. Yes. They actually bring back the villain of five, four, six, and I just feel like he's so much better in five. Okay. That's the thing, too. The villains of three and five, three being Philip Seymour Hoffman, I think are legitimately scary. Philip Seymour Hoffman's the best Mission Impossible villain. When we rewatch it, I'm sure you don't remember anything from that movie. I do, actually. Oh, she does like a, a motion of like <laughs> um, shaving her face. <laughs> just kidding. She was pulling off a mask. Well, you know, that's like a thing for those yeah, movies, right? Yeah, for all of them. Um, no, Are but, you just constantly waiting for who's going to do it? Uh, no, they, they, no, they like the second one, the very bad one, like the actually bad one, they, they go overboard where it's like, <laughs> they're all doing it. I'm like, we, we laugh, <laughs> we laugh, <laughs> but they are, they okay. like legitimately so many people, so many fake outs. Anyway. Well, we shall see. Uh, I don't even know how we got on this. I don't either, but tell me the owl fact. Oh, I'll just tell you this now. Um, the owl in the beginning of the movie yeah. was the first time that they really used CGI animal on screen. Oh. So look out for that. I'll just roll through these other 1986 stuff. People oh, it's because like... we were talking about Oprah. Oh, yeah. Can't oh talk gosh. about Oprah without Tom Cruise. Phantom of the Opera debuted. I'm just kidding. Oprah is amazing on her own. In fact, we were talking the other day about who could credibly uh, like mount a successful third-party candidacy in the United States. <laughs> And I said Oprah or The Rock. In a way The that, Rock? In a way that would actually not not win necessarily, but like would actually like pull a significant amount of votes. How old is Oprah? I don't know. She probably doesn't want to be president because she would have run. Would you? She, I don't know. She she would have run by now if well, she wanted, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe. I you'd think why would you go through that, but like if if you're also if you're Oprah, you also kind of I'm sure have a bit of an ego, which I think is needed yeah. to run for president. Yeah. And so I don't know. Oh, Oprah's great. That's what I'm saying. People like her independently. The Rock, really? Oh, yeah. Fan of the Opera debuted this year. The play. Oh, oh, sure. We can't get sidetracked. Uh, highest grossing film of the year, Top Gun. Speaking of our boy, Tom Cruise. <laughs> 
Do you know his teeth are off Of course they did. Okay. Do you know I had a friend who thought that was, I went to the danger zone? Did you know that I also thought that for most of my life? Married to an idiot. Take My Breath Away also won Best Original Song at the Oscars. For what? Ghost? For Top Gun. Oh, Top Gun. Ghost. What was the ghost one? Unchained Melody. Yeah, that was 1990. Okay. Oh, I thought that was an 80s. No. Uh, did you know very close to Top Gun being the highest grossing movie was Crocodile Dundee? Holy shit. Did, that just like took America by... We were so charmed by Australians <laughs> for a little bit. I personally still am. Shout out to the Weekly Planet. And Outback Steakhouse. A lasting legacy. Uh, Platoon won Best Picture. Okay. The Cosby Show was the highest rated television show. Ooh, pull on your collar. Well, check this out. Bill Cosby was the world's world's highest paid entertainer that year. Oh, that makes me sick to my stomach. Sure does, as it should. IBM unveiled the first laptop computer. Pixar was founded this year. The hardest toys to find for Christmas this year. Okay. A koosh ball and Teddy Ruxpin. I don't know what that is. I know what a koosh ball is. My brother had some. Do you know what? You want to see this like abomination? Yeah. Okay. Before I show this to you, what do you think Teddy Ruxpin is? Maybe the fighting guys. That's very 80s. Okay. That's what your that's your best guess. <laughs> Maybe a dinosaur. Two dinosaurs fighting each other. Alright, get a load of Teddy Ruxpin. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I guess if you like wanted like a care bear that was possessed. Okay, so this is kind of also an 80s movie that I've showed you before called Hug a Bunch. Yeah. That's like a it's like a doll that looks kind of like that, but it's like a person, and she gets into the wash. Anyway, that's terrifying. That is a godforsaken abomination. <laughs> oh my, Teddy. Okay, a teddy bear. I think it talked to you. You put like a voice Ruck- had a voice box. Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah, I could be. I I click on video oh. just for fun. I'm like a little nervous. There are lots of teddy bears, but only one Teddy Ruxpin. Hi, oh. my name is Teddy. Ruxpin. <laughs> Can I tell you what is like unintentionally one of the most disturbing parts of this thing? What? It's his last name. Yes, Ruxpin. It's just that he sounds like a human man. <laughs> Don't let your kids Don't mess be with alone with Ted. Teddy Ruxpin. Ted Ruxpin. Can I be your friend? Why were, why were the 80s kind of creepy? And how come whenever you watch like a video or something of like an 80s toy or even sometimes a movie, yeah. you can hear the tape in the background? I think it's just the bad quality of recording. Oh. Oh, or, Thought I was onto something. Or... <laughs> Or, man, the 80s were crazy. <laughs> and, like, if you play it backwards, you hear Satan's name. <laughs> uh, Teddy Ruxpin, what other explanation for that? This has gone on so long. <laughs> yeah. Let's go get some pizza. Okay, and then watch Labyrinth. Absolutely. Remember, it's a babe. Babe. Babe with the power. Power. Power of voodoo. You do. Remind me, it's the... Heyo, we're back. We are. Uh, we just watched Labyrinth. Yep. We're in a bit of a time crunch. Oh, let's, yeah, I'll be honest. I basically just have two things to talk about. One is okay. things I found out about the making of this movie. Oh, okay. And other things were stray thoughts I had watching it for the first time in like 20 years. 
Okay, let's start with what you found out about the movie. Okay, but before we get into that, I just want to ask you one question. Okay. I want you to spell the word labyrinth. L-A-B-R-Y-N-T-H. No. L-A-B-Y-R-I-N-T-H. That's it. I know. It's a hard word. word. It's a rough one. I'm annoyed because I I actually do spell it the right way all the time. Oh, funny. We didn't. (laughs) So that's just interesting. <laughs> when I'm spelling it in my everyday life. Yeah. It lab- really is lab I always labyrinth. am like, where do I throw in that Y? Labyrinth. Okay. Yeah. So this was written in the mid-70s. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I was like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, I don't... It was written in the early 80s. Um, conceptual designer Brian Froud might be saying that wrong. He'd worked with Jim Henson on The Dark Crystal. Oh, okay. Dark Jim- Cr- I didn't know Dark Crystal was before. Yeah, and they wanted to do something lighter, which I haven't seen The Dark Crystal. I know it. I've it's boxed in with those creepy 80s movies. Well, it's not called The Light Crystal. <sighs> Moving on. <laughs> A little it, lighter. Yeah, okay, very okay. good. What else? Keep, keep going. No, you've got a, you've, it sounds like you've got a reservoir. No, I'm you exhausted. To, I yeah, can't. Yeah, you, want, I'm you done. need to uncork this. So let's, <laughs> let's get it out of your system. funnier i have to say look uh let's just let's keep going we're on a time crunch we don't have time to spend on this that's right that's true uh he so he was the conceptual designer with the dark crystal jim henson directed it okay so he conceptual designer meaning just like he initially like comes up with the ideas like visually for stuff (laughs) i want to see inside the mind of that guy they do this a lot especially with movies that are very visual like this like i told you that uh ralph mcquarrie um, was the conceptual designer for Star Wars. So he came up okay. visually with like the ideas behind a lot of like R2-D2, Darth Vader, C-3PO, a lot of these things like that. Okay. And that Joe Johnston, who directed October Sky, was a concept designer and came up with the look of Boba Fett. They're, they're pretty integral to like this kind of process. Okay. It went through 25 different treatments between 1983 and 85. That's like versions of a script, right? Yeah. Terry Jones wrote a draft. Um, he's from Monty Python. Um, I wish I could point out which one he is. Anyway, uh, next time we're watching Monty Python. But he like did a pass which was based on Froud's sketches. But he had said the final version of the film is actually quite different than what his first initial draft. Okay. But then other people were like kind of made different passes at it, including Elaine May, who was a very famous like playwright and comedian from the seventies. George Lucas did also another pass at Labyrinth. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Labyrinth. I have some like casting names because there's a lot of different people that were thrown around for this. Okay. Including Helena Bonham Carter, Sarah Jessica Parker, <sighs> Marissa Tomei, Laura Dern, and Alan Sheedy. Wow. Laura Dern is honestly probably the most surprising to me. Really? Yeah. But her dad, Bruce Dern, was an actor from like the 40s oh, and 50s Oh, I didn't know stuff. that. So like she was kind of a bit of a known quantity, I guess. Like her family, like she was kind of involved. Okay. Would any of those people, would you have rather have seen them instead? Yeah, I do, I do not love, as we've discussed, I do not love um, Jennifer Connelly. In this movie or no, in general? No, she's, she's fine in this movie. I would have loved to see Sarah Jessica Parker in this role. I love her. And she, she was doing like, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Have you ever seen that? No. She did that in the 80s. But some of the other Helena Bonham Carter would have been interesting. 
Yeah, I didn't know she was kind of like around at this point. Yeah, me neither. Jareth was originally intended to be a puppet. Um, they decided it should be a live actor. And Jim Henson wanted someone that was charismatic and like a musician. So they also considered Sting, Prince, Mick Jagger, and Michael Jackson. Oh, I would have loved to see Prince in this. That would have been so much fun. Are you a Prince fan? No, I'm not like a fan, but I do I do enjoy watching Prince. Interesting. So I guess that kind of makes me... But I'm not like... I don't know all the words to Purple Rain. Sure. So I'm not like a fan. Who was the last person on that list? Michael Jackson. Oh. Honestly, I think... Michael David, Jackson? Well, it would have like aged weird though. Now yeah. it probably would have been like... Because now people... I mean, David Bowie's legacy is, is, yeah, is secure. Yeah. I think David Bowie is probably the best option. They said that uh, David Bowie embodies a certain maturity with his sexuality, his disturbing aspect, all sorts of things that characterize the adult world. Sure. <laughs> Hoggle was the most complex puppet they had. Yeah. Sherry Weiser was inside the costume, um, like moving around and running around. Mm-hmm. And then while his face was radio controlled by Brian Hansen, Jim Hansen's son, and three others. And they would have... So each of the four people kind of had different things that they were operating, whether it was the eyelids opening up or down her cheeks or like mouth. One of the reasons that Hoggle groaned so much was to keep his mouth open so Sherry could see out from inside the costume. Interesting. And another thing, I maybe should have told you this so that you could have watched for it, but the choreographer, Michael Motion, was an accomplished juggler. And so the part when David Bowie's always uh-huh. moving stuff with his hands, yeah, that is actually Michael Motion who is crouching behind Bowie with his arms going under Bowie and performing all the crystal ball work. How did I not notice that? When Because they, they do it pretty well. They hide it pretty well. But when you know it, I was watching for it and I was like, yeah, I can see that's someone else. That is so funny. It's we'll just, have to go back and watch it. Because the arms are sort of awkwardly placed. It's so funny that they were like, no, this this is necessary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, we got to do this. <laughs> It's such like a great practical yeah. to be like, well, let's just have him behind him and use his hands. <laughs> Toby. Yeah, little baby brother, Toby. Baby Toby. Um, his name was Freddy in the script, but they changed it because the baby was named Toby and would only react to his actual name. They're like, screw this. His <laughs> name's Toby now. someone's son in the production too. Okay. He's cute. He's a cute baby. When the movie opened on June 27th, 1986, it made almost $13 million worldwide against $25 million budget. So it was uh, a flop. Yeah, big time. Um, but the legacy. Well, it found success on home video and became a cult classic afterwards. Absolutely. And strong video sales prompted this studio to look into making a sequel. And they made a spiritual sequel. Have you ever heard of this? 2005 Mirror Mask. No. 54%. What's a spiritual sequel? That means like theme, like the themes or thematically or like maybe like the atmosphere or mood of the movie is kind of replicated in that. Okay. But it's not an actual sequel. Okay. I'm trying to think of other examples that you would probably know. And we're coming up blank, folks. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't know, but there's like a couple of uh, spaghetti westerns that are like this. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Okay. Well, forget it. Well, those Forget are, it. They're supposedly so trying to make an actual sequel. And Scott Derrickson was announced this May to direct a sequel. And he did uh, Doctor Strange and Sinister. Honestly would watch it. I don't know. I, I would just, just to le- see. I just leave it alone. David Bowie's gone. Yeah, but like somebody else could, we could have fun with that. Uh, It'd be a good time. I just let it go, I think. Who would you put as Jareth the Goblin King? I don't think you should recast it. But who would you? You'd need kind of like a, a counterculture musician maybe like adam levine russell brand 
Oh, what about um, the guy who won American Idol, Adam Schiff? No, I, I you <laughs> need you someone kind of like a little gross but sexual. Russell Brand. Ugh, oh, he's more gross than sexual. Well, people, I think, maybe thought of that about David Bowie at the time. Ah, oh, that's probably true. Straight thoughts. What do you think? <sighs> How do we feel about this? Well, you know, I love this movie. Yeah. It holds, my, my heart holds, a, it holds a special place in my heart. Uh, I have val- a special place. You value the place. movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I think of Labyrinth, I, I think of from the ages of like two to six, living in Oklahoma, and we had this huge backyard in Oklahoma, and it had a ditch, a very, well, it, I think about it now, and it's like probably not that big of a ditch, but we had like this huge ditch in the backyard and it would like my brothers and sisters and I would walk up and down it and it led to like like places like this place called Blood Park we made up like all this weird stuff and it was kind of like overgrown the ditch Blood Park Blood Park we called it Blood Park I don't know my brother just told me it was Blood Park and we would like I don't know we would just play in the ditch and sometimes there'd be water which thinking about it now I'm like why was I allowed to play anyway I would go back there by myself and play in the ditch when there wasn't water in it. And I, it was like overgrown, kind of like that first part where she's running yeah. in like the alleyway. And it kind of looked like that. It was like high walls with mud and grass and like all this like gross stuff. And there were huge trees. Just everything was overgrown. And I would run like that and pretend to be Sarah. <laughs> like run up and down the ditch. I would like play Labyrinth. Okay, so I was actually wondering this while we were watching that. Why weren't you more into fantasy stuff? I don't know. If um, you loved this movie so much, how come this didn't have more of a like an effect on you to it, That's a good to question. Get into fantasy. Maybe because it was more like it wasn't fantasy to me, it was kind of like scary. Hmm. Maybe that's why I'm like into horror. It was like creepy and scary to me in like a way that I was like morbidly fascinated. Like the part where the goblins are jumping up and down in the bedroom and she's like Toby disappears. That was the scariest thing to me as like a five-year-old. Um, but I don't know. That's a good question. I guess that's a good point because I don't really look at this as fantasy. I mean, it is. It is. It technically is just because it's like by definition. But I, in my mind, like fantasy, I kind of block away as like having some kind of medieval element. Mm-hmm. And I guess there was that, but not really. Yeah. And there's goblins, but... I don't know. I, I think you need to have other fantastical uh, creatures. Yeah. Like elves, dwarves, other. Well, I guess they were. Common I don't know. Thing. But yeah, I guess it was just more unsettling weirdness instead yeah. of like straightforward fantasy, like you'd think. Top two scariest parts for you? The part where the birds are like removing their heads <laughs> yeah. and like Start throwing playing. themselves around like that. Uh-huh. That stayed with me and scared me so much. What the hell's going on? They're weird looking. They're like. Yeah. Kind of smiling and creepy and yeah, big like eyes. Yeah, like big eyes and yeah. be- like sharp beaks. It's funny because, so like, there were a lot of sillier elements in this, I realize now, for probably like built in for kids. Uh-huh. But like, they just, they would have been lost on me and hit my, my serious self. <laughs> it was also cruel world. Chaotic. It's like a dream when you're trying to get to school and you just can't for some reason. That's like how this, the whole movie is that. She's yeah. trying to accomplish something and then the rules... And narrative keeps shifting around her, depriving her of being able to like move forward in ways that are like uncaring and unfair. Yes. I think the scariest parts for me, um, the beginning, where you don't really have any sort of warning 
and all of a sudden the goblins faces are all on the screen that used to like really really scare me that actually might be what maybe that would be the other part i think would be the scariest not from like if i was like showing this to someone yeah like them running around the room it's a lot like hook i wish this is what you say say what you shut up listen she's going to Words. Yeah. I don't, I did not remember any of the village stuff. You know, when they are at yeah. the village, and there's like the army. Uh, yeah, that part is like not fun. Or I don't remember any of her stupid, annoying friends. I don't have time. <laughs> I have no patience for dumb friends that are just kind of like drag you down. You're slowing me down. I have something I need to do. What's the dog's name? Sir Didymus? Yeah, he was the worst. He's the worst. Get that guy out of here. Did he yeah. even bring anything to the table? No, just loud noises. I don't love Ludo them. either. I guess he helps because he can control the rocks or speak to rocks. <laughs> One last scary part. The end where the woman with the stuff on her back is like, she's like, And here's dear old Flopsy. You'll want her right there you go. Oh, yes. Ah, oh, yes. Charlie Bear. Right there. Charlie Bear for you. Mm-hmm. There was something I was looking for. Ah, don't talk nonsense. It's all here. Everything in the world you've ever cared about is all right here. Look, here's your toy candy shop. That is also terrifying. And I, I feel like has contributed to, I don't, like, clutter is, like, drives me nuts. Oh, something else uh, disconnect between my memory and this rewatch. I remember it being more like a like he was wearing a jock strap. I thought he like had like a cup, right? There is definition. <laughs> you you can see clearly what's going on. There's no escaping it. There's definitive like lines and creases and folds. I can't even remember what it was, but like he grabs Hoggle and Hoggle's head so close to his crotch. Oh yeah. parks we were both like what's the punishment for disobeying the <laughs> goblin king okay we did this in record time we did it was great we had good pizza our new thing is little caesars instead of jimmy john's pizza is more of a fall dish absolutely than a sandwich yeah a sandwich is spring for sure okay where can people find us if they want to uh, you uh, can reach us? you can find us on instagram at wife watches you can find us on twitter at wife underscore watches note the underscore you can send us an email at my wife watches movies at gmail.com uh or you can rate us give us a review either one of those things we'd really appreciate it watch you later all right i need you to say this like hoggle and remember oh believe me that's enough but the worst thing is, if you so much as that foot of the bag of stairs, you smell bad for the rest of your life. Well, not for wash off. <laughs> <laughs>